Hi, everyone. Thank you for joining me today. Today, I'm going to share with you uh, the weekly news. The first one is on TheVerge.com, and the title is called A Meeting in Google's 3D Chat Booth Feel Like Real Life Science Fiction. Okay, so if you take a look of this news, they uh, Google created the next generation 3D video chat booth that, uh, you know, allows people to view each other feels really real right so uh let's see the, the setup so pretty much there are a lot of different sensors to track all your motions 3d death so it will create just imagine in zoom but zoom's image is very flat right sometimes the resolution is really low but this can make you look so real just like you are sitting in front of that person so let's take a look of you know the video so if you can see this video the last time i saw her was well over a year ago not being able to see my nephew in person is like um it makes me sad feels people people from different locations and they want to meet each other through so video chat instead of looking at a screen you're looking at a magic pane of glass and through that glass, you're seeing another person on the other side. Hi, can you see me? Say hi to Auntie. Oh my gosh, I love you. Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so you look beautiful. And then you just start having a conversation, just like you would if you were physically together. Like, I feel like you're here. This is wild. I can see that curl in your hair. I can see how your sweater is falling. Yeah. <laughs> but then you'll be saying, put on a little lipstick, Maury. <laughs> There are really three breakthroughs coming together here. One is the ability to capture people as they are. The second is the ability to compress that information and send it over existing networks efficiently. And the third is the ability to render that person viewable through a three-dimensional display. So it really feels like you're talking with someone right in front of you. We see this as a first step at applying technology to solve that really important problem that we often want to be together and we can't. Don't say goodbye, don't go away. That was mind blowing. I've seen a lot, but I've never seen this. I felt like she was present and I felt like I was present in that moment too. It was like she was here. Yeah, so pretty much it's like a booth of the uh, kind of video chat, but because of the, all the sensors. So uh, if two people like in different locations, they sit and using that booth to communicate each other, they can feel that the person just right in front of them through that uh, you know monitor or screens. So I think this is a very good usage of, you know, phone call before long time ago we use a uh, phone booth right um you know you need to sort the coins and you call people and inside a little uh, small areas but you know now we have phones and we can talk to each other but you see the quality of the phone uh, phone call or you know a lot of calls it's the resolution is really low right so this is kind of something that even though it's not um um, I would say physically present or, you know, virtually present, but it feels like, even though it's video, but the video feels so real, 
uh, yeah, and uh, you feel they are they are be with you um, through the video streaming. And I think 5G will play a very important role here because you want, you know, live time, real time thinking. So I think this is wonderful and uh, there's a real usage of it. Uh, now, probably it's very expensive due to, you know, all the setup. But in the future, if things can be, for example, it can be a small device and uh, allow and, and hang somewhere and allows you to you know, do this. And I think this um, is a really good usage for seeing people more real, right? Okay, so um, any comments, feedback, feel free to unmute yourself and share what you think. Hi, this, this is ET. I spoke to some Google folks at the Washington DC show on, uh, I think it was like the 13th of October. And I asked them why they stopped making the Nest, which is like the Alexa speaker. And he said that they're going to do more of the sensors, you know, uh, the mesh stuff that we that I guess they're kind of getting to. He didn't give me a lot of detail, but he says it's beyond the voice. It's the vision. It's the environment, a lot of different things. Um, and And it was a little crazy because we had speakers at the event that had built their whole all of their apps on the google nest you know <laughs> and now they're saying oh and buy my app now because you know they're not it's not going to be around much longer so that was kind of sad but that's how google works you know they they do something good i've i'm also been invited to test the new google glass um so you know for for doctors because we had it like three years ago and then they took that away because they couldn't keep the power and it had some other production issues. So Google is a big player, you know, they got a lot of money and they could try these different things. But again, I think they want to be customer driven and enterprise driven. So a lot of things it's written in pencil right now. So it's a good time to, to work with them and, and, you know, push them to, to suit needs that are, sustainable. Edgar, what do you think of, of stuff like this? Is this something that you could see happening or is it just too out there? No, I think it's, it's really good. Uh, um, I think what I'm getting out of this, this is like a 3D FaceTime, right? You are, But you actually see the, the depth on it, right? It's a three-dimensional Yeah, it, it, imagine right? it's, a, it's a Zoom call, but that Zoom call is so real that you feel that person just sitting in front of you through a small window. But I could see mm -hmm. them doing like the teams, you know, where you bring in documents and you bring in, uh, let, let's say you're doing a movie production, Edgar, you know, and you're communicating with five different people and they show you what they have and you get to pick and choose what scenery or what uh, backgrounds you want to use, stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, it looks it looks it looks interesting. Um, this is the kind of thing that I wanna I wanna know more about, um, and figure out what we can do with it. Yeah, cool. Yeah, so let's move on to the next one. I really like what Unity CEO John Rossitilo described. What um, you know, 
what he thought about metaverse. So yeah, so this news is on fastcompany.com and the title is called Unity CEO John Ricatino describes the reality and uh, distractions of the metaverse. So yeah, I mean, I think now Stephenson's book, Snow Crash, has been, you know, the buzzword, like inside there's a word called metaverse where everybody will live in the virtual world uh, someday, right? I think what uh, Unity's CEO <clears throat> described is really true. He talks about, you know, digital twins. And also, I, I really like what he said. He said that it's pretty much internet, right? Uh, metaverse is pretty much internet, but uh, with three dimension. Just think that, you know, it's a um, another dimension of um, internet where everyone can, um, you know, do things, just doing the same thing as we are doing on the internet, right? So uh, an immersive yeah. internet. Yeah, an immersive internet. So it's mm -hmm. not like, uh, you know, Sometimes we would think, oh, metaverse is like an entire world. But if it is internet, right, it's open, right? And uh, it has a lot of varieties of it, right? It's definitely not, you know, a, a small place that only can do a certain amount of things. It's a place, a virtual place, which is open, like, you know, sandbox game, right? multiple online massive game right everyone was having the second life there right and uh i know a lot of uh platform is focusing on game right for example roblox focusing on kids game where kids always hang out there it has a lot of game they don't i will talk about the the fifa um events um having a little you know world in Roblox and people experience it. However, I really think that um, this is more like immersive internet. How do we use internet? We use internet to buy things, to chat, to work, right? To communicate, to, to do everything that we can do in real life, right? But now it's 2D and later on it will be 3D. I do think this is probably about uh, more like uh, we do whatever we do right now and uh, this is uh, you know metaversal code is more like we add another extra information make product you know 3d before we look at 2d picture or a video that trying to show us 3d but it's 2d right now we can see another dimension of world it's like there's a book called flatland right before people living in the two dimension, they couldn't see a high level things. Like it has some gender bias, like the, the concept was more like a long time ago, um, you know, husband and wife, right? And um, long time ago is not right now. A few hundred years ago, people think a wife is like two dimension and husband is in three dimension, right? So um, yeah, so it feels like that. If we use uh, two dimension things, then a lot of stuff, for example, I always tell a lot of people that what's the future of internet or metaverse? It's like 
imagine you go to Amazon website. There are tons of information, right? You, you want to buy a shoe, right? You want to buy a shoes. However, you go to that page, right? And list of stuff. And even though you use filter, it's just every product just crammed together. And finally, you find out a beautiful shoes. You go to that page. You will see like tons of thumbnails, videos on top, squeezed together, right? And button, you need to scroll down, right? And there's a, uh, a screen limitation. And every time when you scroll down, and you forget everything on top. Right. And you need to go back to the top and see, oh, yeah, I'm looking at these shoes. Right. So this has information overwhelming, even though there's a when you do design, right, the website, it has a um, mass called information architecture, but still it's overwhelming. But imagine if you want to buy a shoe in a 3D place, right, a virtual place, a virtual store. It's just like a, you shopping in the physical store. You go to that place, right? And you go to that section, right? Or, you know, people, the it's like general relativities, right? Whatever you think, things come to you instead of you come to things, right? And you go to a physical store and things you like already display in front of you, right? And uh, instead of clicking, trying to find the right one, you look at different, you know, 3D models. Right. And there's no information overload, right? And you pick one, right? And a lot of information just show up according to what you like to see. So it's cleaner, <clears throat> right? So you don't need to scroll, long scrolling and trying to figure it out and trying to see, oh, what's the back? And, you know, when we order on Amazon, we don't know what's the size, right? But in so-called metaverse, right? Next generation of internet, probably can put it your shoe, and trying to fit your feet, right? Maybe, you know, the avatar totally fit, realistic, right? And when you fit, you find a fit, you like it, right? And you just purchase it, right? And next day, or, you know, in 10 minutes, there's a drone and with the actual shoes and fly to your door and you just pick it up. The entire experience is supposed to be very real, right? So I would say, you know, that's the next generation of experience design. It's that you feel like you are doing something that you will do in real world. It's not like, oh, there's something and it has to be uh, blockchain-based, NFT, whatever, right? It's cool. There's There are a lot of fancy new stuff according to technology has been invented. But I think at the end, we always need to go back to human, right? Yeah, How you're talking about we... the user the user experience. Like you need a good user experience design to be uh, able to efficiently use it and make yeah. it be a good experience, really. Yeah, Instead yeah. Instead of so, being bombarded with information that you don't necessarily need at, at all times. Yeah, right. So you see, you buy a shoes, right? You just need to take that shoe and take a look. Amazon trying to convince you by putting all the images and all the stuff, right? Right, All the stuff, oh, this is made of whatever materials and using, you know, a thousand words <laughs> to describe it. But if you are seeing the actual shoes, you don't need any words, right? And you don't need the long scroll, right? So I, I do think that, um, yeah, the future of internet, I'm really looking forward to it. I know people are trying to gamify it, 
I mean, later on, we will talk about how not fun to gamify everything, right? But uh, I was think that, yeah, the, I totally agree with you know, next generation or metaverse supposed to be, uh, you live there and it doesn't really need to gamify everything. I mean, gamify is interesting concept, but there mm -hmm. are something, for example, like uh, in psychology, uh, gamification is more for external types of people. They need reward in order to do okay. something. Reward is the motivations for someone to do something. For example, kids. Kids are so addicted to games. Why? Because games always has feedback and has something that stimulate their, you know, their 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 brain and make them feel happy like you are having drugs, right? Addicted. But for people who has intrinsic motivation, for example, I exercise because I feel good about my body, right? And uh, for those who has intrinsic motivation, will stay longer about that ha habit, right? So you see people who always work out in the morning, wake up early in the morning. Do they get like, oh, you got like a 10 scores. Congratulations. You, 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 you go to the next level now. Why? Because they know this is good for me internally, right? So the interesting thing about all the game, gamified, platform why people are or adults like me are not interested why because i feel like if in the future we only live a place where it has shallow dip games i feel sad we have such a lovely heritage history like shakespeare's books all the beautiful you know um, you know, historical uh, knowledge. How can you teach all those and make it, I mean, make it game is fine, right? But you see a lot of movie adapt from books. Sometimes books has more, um, you know, things than what movie can. can more um, information, can, more detail. Yeah, right. So I feel like if we only focus on shooting games, or, you know, some really boring stuff that five years old kid will play all day. But, you know, imagine you you you, you land on a, a metaverse so-called place and there are some small games that only you can do, right? For example, like, I don't know, ball, boring game or, you know, kicking ball game. Yeah, I feel like those are not really tailored to, um, you know, it's really off from currently what we use for internet yeah so this is just my two sets any thoughts comments for this i i think um edgar um dominic has mm -hmm. had other guests that have talked about roadblocks and uh his name is oscar he's down mm -hmm. south and he said that he was learning from his kids how to do UX creation because at the school they were creating games to learn and I'm seeing more and more of this I've even talked to a guy here in Oakland California who is gamifying health stuff for nurses and doctors to learn anatomy to learn you know how a drug works through the body and make it interesting because you know you used to get like you've probably seen the technical manuals you know <laughs> yeah 
for, for a product and, you know, you snooze trying to read it, you know, you go cross-eyed and when you need to find it, the answer, you can't find it. So <clears throat> being an interactive chatbot or some sort of frequently asked question, quick uh, drill down uh, and make it a game, you know, you have to problem solve this, you know, or what are the symptoms and you have to kind of diagnose the disease or something. And then you get to become a superhero you know, and get badges. So this is a thing now, you know, and, and more power to them. And I wish we did have better tools. Hablamos Espanol, right? So we not only right. want to do it in English, but we want to do it in different languages too. So. Yes. That is actually something that I, uh, it's an application that I'm kind of working on, on and off. We have something called the Trump tour at the, at the, at the park and we get people from all over the world. Obviously this is a theme park. And we only offer the tour in three languages, uh, English, Spanish, and Chinese. But with the right device, I mean, and it doesn't even have to have a video screen. It just has to have like a GPS chip. Uh, we could have a tour that we could support so many other languages. And we just give them that device. They put it on. And by using GPS locations, it could start the narration and be able to tell always where you are and give you the right information of, of the sets that you're in or the, or the attraction that you're about to enter. And things like that in your language and it's not virtual reality but it's just kind of taking you into a different place right it's almost like every person on the tram could have their own language and they're on their own world by having something that talks to them on their own language and and being able to understand the whole thing and at the same time enjoy it more get higher customer satisfaction and which means more profit yeah so yeah in the future the world will grow in front of you. It's not you trying to find out the information. It's that, but there are some, you know, things that is pros and cons, right? Because you know, if everything is brought to you, then you might lose a chance to learn other language, right? For example, American, we all laugh at American. American, if someone say he or she is American, we probably can say, oh, you probably can only speak English, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, it's like the other way, right? So yeah, so if everything is so convenient, right? And only talk to you. And it's probably a little hard to, I don't know, to think outside. No, or but, to that, get... but that's what, no, but I think you're missing the point. Mm -hmm. You learned English at a young age mm -hmm. and you speak fluent Taiwanese. So mm -hmm. the time to teach the kids multilingual is when they're small, their their mm. their tongues and their vocal cords haven't fully adopted. My son spoke eight languages by the time he was seven, because mm. his dad and I would take us all all over the world with his automotive business. Okay, oh. so that's why I'm so interested in voice, even when you can't use mm. a chatbot or you can't think in your own English voice. You, you know, when people had COVID, they reverted back to their native tongues. Yeah. And that's what really got me interested. Why are we spending all this money on IBM Watson and all of these chatbots if people can't use them when they're really sick? So you made a perfect point, but turn it around and rather than cause that to happen over and over again, give these learning tools to kids. You know, kids will get online and play with games with kids that don't speak English at all, but yet they're having fun, you know, and they're learning mm -hmm. in their own way how to communicate. And sometimes you communicate more with facial expressions or body language than you do with voice. 
So we have an opportunity here. I don't want to yeah. be so negative about that point, but you, 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 you're a perfect case is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do agree that, you know, um, learning language, um, what my, another point is that if, for example, everything is just told, so tailored to me, like, um, for example, uh, if some Chinese speaker and when they go to Universal Studio and they can pick Chinese speaking language and they kind of lose the chance to immerse themselves in the English environment. That's just me because long time ago, my mom sent me to, you know, summer camp uh, to learn English when I was really young, uh, like uh, junior high school. And the first time I went to New Zealand for, and second time I went to uh, Australia. I didn't learn a lot of English. Why? Because I always hang out with Taiwanese people. <laughs> and I remember first time when I came to America, I studied in our center. I only go with Asian girls, you know, that little group and everyone speak Chinese Mandarin, right? And uh, I feel like, wow, yeah, it's safe. It's comfortable. And uh, yeah, it's, it's great. However, um, later on when I start applying jobs, and start doing things, I feel like, wow, you know, I, I used to only watch Japanese animation and Japanese drama and, you know, all Chinese <laughs> stuff. But now I feel like I fully immerse with things when I get out of that comfort zone. But I mean, it's great. It's everyone's choice, right? You can pick, uh, you can stay in the comfort zone and you can also get out of comfort zone and just, you know, people go to, Universal Studio, maybe I can try Spanish, right? Even though I don't know what's going on, maybe I just immerse that feeling, yeah. Yeah, it depends on what your goals are. Some people go there to just have fun and relax, and, and they're coming from far away, and they just want to get as much as they can out of it. Other people, maybe like you're saying, they want to immerse into the culture, into the language, and they may want to learn more, but everybody has like different yeah. goals when they get there. Some people go there with a specific idea that they just want to go to do a Harry Potter ride mm -hmm. and they want to buy the magic wand and they want to go to all the windows and do the spells that you can do to make the things happen. But there's other guys that love Transformers and they very, literally go to Transformers and do the ride like five, seven times in a row mm -hmm. because they love that. So it's it's different goals for different people. But the cool thing about something like 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 being able to provide customized content on an individual basis that you can do with some type of device is that you can fulfill all those goals. Everybody yeah, can get what they're right. looking for sure. for the same ticket price. Yes. Uh, regardless. And even within the same group, maybe you have a few of you that want to try one language, but the rest of them don't. And everybody can be happy because with the device, everybody will get what they wanted. And yeah. at the end of the day, you, again, the, the, the goal with us is always customer satisfaction because yeah, you're selling an experience. Right. You're not selling a tangible product. You're selling an experience. You're selling uh, uh, memories. Hmm. You're selling uh, an, a trip that you have with your family and you want it to be the most memorable trip that you ever had, hopefully. Hmm. And, and, and with that, by being able to customize content delivery on in an individual basis, it's, it's, I, I think that's kind of like our ultimate goal. And we have tried to do it in many ways, but um, virtual reality and augmented reality opens many doors that we haven't actually opened yet or even tried to open. And and we have a lot of ideas. And, and one of my jobs, I've been there for about seven years. For the first four years, all I did was build prototypes. I built prototypes. They would give me hardware. They would tell me what they wanted for software. And I would make it up. I would write it. I would write the software. 
I will interface to new hardware that I have never seen before, and I will come out with a prototype. Most of the prototypes, unfortunately, don't get deployed for multiple reasons. It's, it's normal. It's normal. Yeah. Yeah, it's normal. But at the same time, you, you learn so much from each one of those experiences. And then the next one, you don't start from zero. Mm. You start at a, at, a, at a better place. Uh, right now, I am... I haven't been able to pick a headset, and that's kind of what I wish I could figure out. Is there a headset that I can buy now Quest, that will start allow Quest me to do Pro. what I'm trying to do? I personally think Crest Pro is probably a good thing. If you 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 think, I think you probably can afford Quest Pro, right? Um, yeah, mm -hmm. Crest Pro, and uh, if you order it, uh, during the release day, which is a few weeks ago on Tuesday the connect, Facebook connect, uh, meta connect. But um, I, I order right on the spot when it announced and then I go to the site and it's there and I just immediately purchase. And it it will deliver um, 25th, um, yeah, next Tuesday. So yeah, I'm pretty happy and I will try it. And today actually I'm going to buy Ray-Ban. Ray-Ban is uh, kind of like AR glass that's very similar. That's the to other Snapchat. one. That's the other one. I was I couldn't remember the name that I was trying to, to figure oh, out. The Ray. Oh, Ray-Ban Smart Glass. It's like a three hundred oh, something. Oh no, you're talking about the ones with the with the cameras on the side, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's like a long yeah. time ago. Those, made those are yeah. those are real popular up here in Silicon Valley. You see people wearing them everywhere, even at the beach. And I always say, <laughs> you know, or at the park, the ride park. I'm afraid they're going to blow off. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I want to yeah, buy that. But, yeah, but but Edgar, the good news is that there's a whole bunch of stuff coming out. I don't know if you pay attention to CES in January. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming out. Okay. Oh, actually, prices, I I, I kind of want to go to CES again. <laughs> well, it's, yeah, I was it, trying. But, but oh, sorry, what I'm ahead. I'm excited, but there was a delay. You know, the stuff should have come out this year, but because of oh, the wow. COVID, everything wow. is delayed. And you know, I need like a thousand pairs to do clinical studies. So it's not like, hey, I'll take a beta. I'll take one's headset now yeah. if if you're going to mm. use this for alzheimer's uh treatment you know yeah. um then we have to have a thousand pair and do uh studies here in europe and latin america you know so yeah i was trying to find something like comparable to the uh hololens but cheaper than the hololens <laughs> i think <laughs> it was pro try it Trying. Yeah, I think the Quest Pro, it sounds to me like mm. the Quest Pro can do VR and AR, right? Yes, yes, yes. And that's Quest what, I'm, Pro. That, what mm. I'm interested in. Older it, older it. I mean, I, I older it. I mean, yeah, I work there. And um, I I think that will be my first choice. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I've been... I've been sharpening my skills on Swift because I was going to go the Apple way to try to develop some AR applications because the developer skill looks very solid. Uh, I look a little bit into Unity, but I'm liking Swift a little bit more right now. And then I'm also looking into uh, Maya for creating 3D con custom 3D content. Mm. And um, so I'm hoping by, by the time I figure out the headset thing, I'm already up to speed with the development tools. And I already have a few ideas of some prototypes that I want to build mm. and then see how, how it goes. Yeah, I, I would say um, for me, XR, right? XR apps supposed to focus on user experience. Why? Because you see, like there are so many apps out <clears> there <throat> and then there's no usage. 
for it. It's like fancy technology and people figure it out. Uh, I think we need to find out the user and what's the problem. And we kind of solve the problem, even though it is not, um, you know, XR solution. We're supposed to, to, to solve problems. And uh, if another extra dimension can solve it, then let's do it, right? Because some people, they just say, oh, I want to create an AR game or, oh, I want to create an AR app. Um, this feels like a reverse, right? Um, we should go back to what's the problem and find out the best way to solve it. And it doesn't really have to be AR or VR or MR. Yeah, it is just like some outside um, thought. Okay, so next mm -hmm. one, um, that next news is on theguardian.com. And the title is called Lost in Roblox FIFA World. Everything wrong with the metaverse in one place. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's very interesting that uh, you see, like, I think the 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 author, uh, I saw her his picture. His name is Cass Stout. Um, yeah, Roblox is for kids, right? And for adult like me, I probably will get bored, right? And uh, you know, you you go to here, right? And since it's like a 2D platform, as far as I know, Decentraland, Roblox, they are more for, you know, 2D on um, uh, uh, the platform. It's not yet to be a virtual reality thing, but you can open the web browser in your VR headset and you can still feel like you are in VR, but it's nice, you know, 2D browser and you are trying to feel like you are in kind of thing. So imagine you play a game with the football game. And there are a lot of things and it's, you know, on the screen. And you just use your little finger and, you know, swipe or click the ball and make the ball move. I played um, VR golf, little mini golf inside Quest 2 headset. It feels not too bad because my arm is sweaty, right? And I was doing a lot of things, even though I was teleporting with different places. Although it's not as immersive as real world, right? I went to, if I go to a mini golf place, then I can totally feel the sun, the air, right? Everything I, you know, because in Quest 2, you still need to be confined in a small area. Sometimes I just get out and I have to go back. And sometimes, you know, the scene needs to re-render. It still not feels so real. And when you hit the ball and, you know, your, your, your club, well, get through the ball or something or get through the environment. So it's not really real, but it's kind of trying to be real. Um, as far as 2D screen, right? It's like a 2D platform and you use your mouse click. I can tell how how not so fun for it. And you are just trying to, you know, you, you buy some tickets so you can start kicking the ball and get your score. Yeah, I feel like this is probably for kids. Right. So um, the the journalist, he went there and experienced all those, you know, uh, you see, he, he even spent some random ticket and play some different games, uh, you know, uh, for for that metaverse. Excuse, okay, excuse me, Dominic, you wanted me to remind you when it was time to move over to your next session because people oh. will be knocking on your oh, door. Yeah, that's 9.50, my alarm just went off. 
Okay, 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 cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for, for so, reminding. Edgar, you can see we cover a lot of different things and you can yes. send articles if you want to discuss or, yeah, you know, yeah. uh, even maybe you want to present, you know, and, yeah. and I want to work with you to explore the VR headsets because you and I have mutual goals and uh, maybe I can get a lead. And if I say, hey, I have a friend at Universal Studios that's interested, maybe I can even get you a beta set, you know, so, hmm. <laughs> you know. So anyway, let's wrap this one up. I pinged you on on uh, LinkedIn and, and my email, and uh, we'll see you at the next session if that's okay. Yeah, cool. Yes, I gotta take care of a work call right now, really quick. But I'll join you guys in a bit. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Then thank you so much, Emily, for thank reminding you, me. Thank you, and very yeah. nice meeting you. Yeah. Cool. Then see you all next week. Bye bye.